Welcome to Locarno Meets, where the most exciting new talent and established legends of cinema come to chat about art, life, movies, and everything in between. Brought to you by UBS and hosted by me, Alexander Miller, from Locarno Film Festival. Yes, sir, I can boogie. It never really occurred to me that the chorus of that disco classic was so subservient until I saw Sophia Exarchou's movie Animal. In this film, the song bookends a sad, beautifully directed story of a troop of employees at a Greek beach hotel. This gang see themselves as beautiful freaks, but in reality, they are crushed by their job, spreading party vibes throughout every room they're in, a job which necessitates an endless smile, bottomless energy, and constant drinking. What first appears to be a sort of vagabond family emerges into the light as a series of individuals so buried by their workload that the rest of the world has disappeared from view. I'm interested to know, what point did you decide that you wanted to make a film based on the behind the scenes of the Greek tourism industry? Yes. I, I think I decided pretty soon after uh, my previous film, but not in the extent that I explored it as uh, years uh, of uh, writing. Uh, so in the beginning, it was only my idea about work, work and working system in capitalism. And then pretty soon I, I decided also that, okay, for me, this working system is going to be the tourist industry because it's something I know as Greek and... Uh, I think, you know, it's uh, the milestone of our economy. We know how it plays out every summer. We know the hard conditions of the workers. They work 24-7 for five, six months in a row. But I think for me, the most, uh, the point when I realized that this is going to be the film is when I decided that I'm not going to talk about uh, any employees inside the hotel resort, but these employees are going to be the animators of this hotel. So the the subject of entertainment, Ender, which I really wanted to explore also, and how is entertainment also, you know, a huge uh, part of the capitalist, you know, structure. And of course, I felt related to that because I'm also a filmmaker and I, you know, about performance and, you know, they're also, they have to perform every night, the animators and stuff. So all this together subject and elements, I, I was pretty confident that I can create a universe in which I would make the stories of these girls and all of the group. Yeah, one of the decisions that kind of first struck me that I wasn't anticipating was it would have been very easy to have antagonists who run the hotels yeah. or tourists who are total scumbags. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have either of those things. Or even in between them. Maybe, mm. you know, I think many of the viewers, when they watch the film, maybe when the younger girl comes, the first stereotype uh, idea that uh, can come is, oh, now it's going to be built up a story about the antagonists of the younger and then older. And I also enjoy the idea that people will, will think that the story will go there. And they, for me, it's actually com the complete opposite. Mm. And not only the opposite, meaning that they create a, a bond, the two girls, the opposite also has an experience for the viewer, that these girls and their stories mingle in a way as the a film goes, almost like you feel Eva could be the possible backstory of Kaya. Mm -hmm. So they mingle in such a way that they become almost like one female character in the end. So, you know, for me, it was interesting that the viewer might thought that, ah, oh, now I'm going to see a story about an antagonistic relationship about the younger and the older and stuff. And it's completely something else. For me, that was easy to decide who is the antagonist. So for me, it was the system. 
and not the system as a person mm. to personalize it, like managers see the system as the huge machine that is above even the managers because they're also part of the machine, maybe in a higher level inside the structure. But still, I knew also that then the antagonist is going to be her own self. Yeah. I mean, about Kaya, that she has to confront herself and realize what she is feeling. But saying that, although I knew this is the way I want to narrate, it was really difficult because it's much easier if you find an antagonist that will create easier conflicts. But I, I was uh, confident in my idea that I wanted to narrate it with this idea in mind that the antagonist is only the system, the uh, invisible system. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I was about to say. It's, it's not like you have lots of scenes of people putting their cash cards in and it not yeah. working and them worrying about their rent. You assume the audience are intelligent enough to know that life is really difficult at the moment. Yeah. I was just talking about the, the the Radio Jude film as well, which kind of touches on similar aspects. And obviously life is getting harder and harder. You know, have you found that making films is getting harder and harder? In, in Greece, it was always really hard. <laughs> so I cannot even remember to compare. But for me, when they ask me what was the most difficult in the whole process, and I think it's a quite difficult film to create, meaning that it has a lot of characters, mm. locations, shows, <laughs> choreography. I'm not a choreographer, you know, it has a lot of stuff to do. The most difficult was the financing, the years of financing. I knew when I was writing that I was actually getting actions from the first scenes I was writing. Oh, I have 100 extras here. I will never have the money for 100 extras, you know. So I knew from the beginning that the funding will take years. And that was stressful even when I was still writing the script because I knew that to make this kind of budget, which is not big, but for a Greek film, it's really, it's quite big. We will need a lot of co-production countries, a lot of years to develop, to wait for the answers and stuff. So yeah, it's pretty hard. And I think what, uh, you know, keeps going is that, uh, okay, you know, the collaborators and, you know, the, the love for the job. Did you write the character of Katya with the actress in mind? Well, with uh, Dimitra, who plays Kaya, we collaborated in my previous film. Uh, she was uh, the girl of the story. Mm -hmm. The previous film is about the group of boy, boys, teenagers, but there was a, there is one filmmaker and that was played by Dimitra. So in a way, when I was writing, I had her figure in my mind, also because in a vague way, uh, Kaya in this script for me has some connections with uh, Anna, the girl in park. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there was, what if we meet this girl 10 years after, where would she be? It was a possible uh, future for her, the new story. So with these, the, these two things in mind, I, I was thinking about Dimitra a lot. But I was afraid also, you know, to decide because it's a very difficult character for me. And I was really clear in my mind how I imagined. So we auditioned together. I knew also she's dancing really well because she was in the national dancing school before going to the national acting school. And I knew that this character needs to have very good dancing skills also. So yes, I have her always in my mind. And then we audition and we start working together. The character of Kaya with her utter reliance on the world of nightlife and, you know, and drinking and these hotels. Is it fair to say she's kind of a metaphor for Greece and the Greek economy? I think all of them in a way. And I mean, all, not only the animal, there's also the tourists, all the, all the structure itself is what we sell. This, and the status and, you know, the leg with the status, this is all, this is like 
how we can, uh, you know, survive. We have to sell ancient history for uh, so many years now. We have to make uh, tourists have fun. Mm. So it's not only here for me, it's all of them. Have you spent much time in the these types of resorts in Greece? Never. I mean, but I spent time uh, during research. So I went inside these resorts. I filmed the uh, shows. One of the first times we visited a resort, this theater, <laughs> trashy theater place uh, in the hotel. And we watched uh, like f- the, for two hours Jeez. a show of animators. And it has some funny moments, of course, but it was so sad, the experience. That for me, it was the moment that, okay, I am right. I I'm know mm. why I'm doing this. It confirmed to me my process already, seeing those people working and what they were doing and the voyeurism, the exploitation, the easy gags and all the joy that comes out of this. It was really weird and uh, sad. It's a very emotional film, obviously, uh, but it's also a very physical film. You know, there's a lot at the start, kind of sculptural shots of the human body that kind of remind me of Claire Denis or something like that. And like, there's the gruesome self-surgery scene. Did you want to make something that was visceral, you know, more visceral than your average drama to reflect the, the basically the, the pain that these people are putting uh, their bodies through? Well, in the first level, it was the first level, meaning that animators have to dance and perform all day. So they use the body 24-7 and for sure the, the body gets tired mm-hmm. and they have to have mechanism to deal with it. And the mechanism can be even um, self-destructive, meaning they maybe they need alcohol to get energy to perform and maybe they need again alcohol after working 15 hours to relax and uh, be able to sleep or whatever. So the body was in the center because it was the tool for them. But after that, for me, I, I, I think that I'm trying through my films to bring the viewer closer to the body of the characters uh, as a way sometimes to strike him, to give him a raw, intense image in order to understand what my character is going through or even bring him closer to him in a tender way. And I think sometimes images of the body can say much more than what dialogue can express. I think it's a very well structured film. Uh, you've already talked about how you basically tried to deceive the audience a couple of times. Um, but, uh, but there's also, you know, at the beginning, certain assumptions are made about, oh, maybe this is a family unit inside mm. this group. And then that that turns out not to be the case. Very devastatingly so, actually, in the last dancing scene where the, the little girl and our heroine kind of look at one another. But it's quite upbeat and joyous at the start. And were you trying to ensure that people love these characters before they felt bad for them? Well, I, you cannot easily uh, think about that when you write. I mean, mm-hmm. I think... Only the um, thing that you you love them as a creator will bring this love. You don't have to actually try to do it. If you love him for what he is, like for me, Kaya was trying to be strong all the time, trying to do well her job, but at the same time, hiding her sensitivity, hiding her problems. And for me, that was touching for me as a creator of this script. So I think I put a lot of love imagining them and spending time with them when I was writing and also when I was working with the actors because we kept developing them through improvisation and they gave characteristics of themselves to the characters and we 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 touch it you know we progress it like okay let's be together let's make this weird family they knew everything but they brought details so I think this care and this work 
then brings all these elements when somebody watches the film and yeah it was important to love them and understand them in a more uh, deep level apart from the political in order for the viewer to be able to go through this kind of difficult and mm. raw story I think Where did you cast everyone from? Because they're all amazing performers. Yes. I wondered if any of them had actually come from hotels. Not really, but uh, two, three of them had experience by working in hotels or during as a dance performance during holidays or nightclub dancers, you know. Uh, so there are 10 people. Six of them are dancers, performers. And one, Simos, the boyfriend of Kaya, he comes from circus. He, he has been working for many years in circus. Kayas is also, as we said, actress and dancer. And then Eva and Thomas, they are only actors. And uh, Sergei, who is playing the piano and he's he's an actor and a musician and a composer. So I was searching everywhere in all these areas of uh, actors, dancers, performers, whatever. And I had this idea that I want them to be like a modern circus. Somebody should be funny. This one is the singer. One is uh, the, the golden microphone from Kazakhstan. One is the strong. One is the sexy. You know all this. And I was auditioning and start, you know, imagining the whole of it together. And I arrived to this gang. And, the end. And then who did all the choreography? Well, the choreographer is Christopher Papadopoulos, who's a very well-known uh, Greek choreographer. As I said, I watched a lot of videos, but that was just uh, the base of my inspiration. So it was really interesting how I was trying to communicate stuff with him. Like, okay, Christos, because it's this element of the fish is in my film, uh, I want to be to have a fish show. And he was like, what the hell <laughs> is that? <laughs> so yeah, they have to move together like a herb. Actually, he's doing uh, some, uh, there's some small connection, especially for this last one with his uh, work. Uh, his his uh, work as a choreographer, I mean. So we built them together. I saw him a lot of videos, a lot of ideas. And we spent actually almost two months with the actors only for the choreographers. Okay. It's very difficult technically yeah. to accomplish. And because there was a combination of actors and dancers, so they were not only the same level of dancing skill, needed a lot of uh, you know work to manage to do it. The same with the fist, it looks easy, but there is a movement of the bodies mm. that is quite difficult. So when you see them all together, not to be look uh, unbalanced, you know, the, the way they move. I, I genuinely don't think there's anything worse in cinema in the world than a bad nightclub scene uh, where, <laughs> where you can tell when people are fake dancing or whatever, perhaps the music at a slightly different rhythm. But there's a lot of authenticity about your scenes, especially kind of the phone parties and stuff. Were they a, a challenge to direct? Or are, are there extra, loads of extras in there? Or, uh, or is it? Yeah, it wasn't. We actually, we entered this club and we got out of this club after one week of shooting. <laughs> and like the one day before the last one, I entered in the break and all the actors are sleeping dead <laughs> around the club. And uh, you see some bodies like collapsing. And it was one more day to go. But of course, we put the last day, the wedding scene, which is kind of more easy mm-hmm. regarding the dancing. But they were all completely dead it was really hard for the bodies to be inside this uh, club with all the foam and uh, the music and the lights and really dark and keep dancing for five days why did you choose yes sir i can boogie is it because you hate it or because you love it actually uh, i think people the funny thing is that i think people will believe that when i was writing the script uh, yes sir, i can boogie was from the beginning in my mind <laughs> not at all 
I was really afraid to choose this shot because I, I, I thought it had a big in, importance in a very, very important scene of the film. Uh, and I was always delaying this choice. So when you delay, it becomes even worse because mm. then you say, okay, I will never find. Uh, but I started searching and for some reason, with Sarah Kambugi, when I heard it, I could imagine it in this particular scene that it can play out well. And because of the lyrics also, you know, it had something emotional, it has something female, it has something strong and sad. It had some energy that for me was uh, re related to the movie. It's also so, got something deferential about it. And saying, yes. yes, sir, I can yes, do it. Yes, sir, yeah. yes, sir. And the need, because actually that's what she's trying to make herself believe in the whole movie, that she can still keep uh, booging. I, I trust the feeling that it brought to the scene as we rehearsed it. That this gave some, you know, strong emotion, and as I say, it, it became also the anthem of our crew because we were so it was so difficult to shoot the film. So every time, we, you know, we were uh, in a day off or something, we were singing uh, "Yes, I Can Boogie." Like <laughs> we have one more week, or, uh, we can make it. Yeah, it did occur to me that there may be some kind of comparison between what your actors had to go through and what the characters they're portraying yeah. have to go through. Yeah, and uh, we keep on saying that even the editor said, okay, I'm like Kaya, the sound designer said, I'm like Kaya. <laughs> <laughs> we finished actually one week ago the film. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, well, congratulations. So it was really hectic, the sound mixing and everything in the end. So we said, okay, guys, in order for you to make the best out of you, you have to feel really close to Kaya. We have to work really hard. <laughs> so that was a joke, yes. Not everybody was Kaya. In general, how's the reaction been? I feel it's good. I think there's a good buzz. There are people who come to, and talk to us and they felt emotional about the film and that the film was moving and they enjoyed it a lot and it stuck a bit in their mind and stuff. The reviews were good, so I'm really happy. Good, good. I'm pleased. The, um, your last film, Park, was about the derelict Olympic village from 2004, right? Which was kind of this last big cultural moment for Greece, you know, you, I think you had the Olympics, you won the European Championships and you won Eurovision yes. all in one year. And then a few years later, it was, was the, the final collapse. It was the yeah. moment that we, we yeah. thought we can con like conquer the world. Three, uh, <laughs> Euros. And then there was the collapse. And, and obviously the Olympic Park is a great kind of symbol of that. And it strikes me there's something in that, which is that kind of boom and bust uh, narrative which is quite replicated in this film as well, the highs and the lows, you know, the hangovers. I wondered if you were consciously trying to grapple with the same issues or not. I think that uh, there was a different moment in my life also, living in Greece uh, and the idea of park, meaning that for many people it was a dream come true that the Olympic Games will come back in Greece after uh, all these centuries and stuff, but actually the Olympic Games was part of the collapse all this huge uh, fund, um, you know, budget to, to make this happen in a such a small country that doesn't need all these stadiums. Games that we don't have actually at no. all. And we, we created all these stadiums for nothing, for a fiesta of 10 days. Mm. So it was also this, uh, that, you know, in the beginning of the crisis, like why we did that? Why are we so stuck with our past? Why can we cannot understand what we're going through now? And I think this comes also here with uh, some uh, elements in the movie that I'm talking again about this, uh, how stuck we are with our past and how we exploit it and blah, 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 blah. I think the main thing is that I, I enjoy a lot to start with a landscape that has for me some social political issues that I'm really interested to talk about. 
starting from this, you know, idea to try to create a whole universe mm. of elements, of uh, characters inside this and whatever locations and stuff, to create a fictional world through which I can tell my stories and the subjects. So, yeah, this is similar with the two movies. Well, I think it's a really fantastic piece of work and I'm really excited to see how it goes down in Greece and yes. beyond. So. I think for, for Greek, it would be much more difficult emotionally because everybody has in the family somebody who works in the industry, in tourism, and I think it's going to play out in a more... Uh, will it be controversial? We'll see. I mean, I think we, for sure it will not be happy the industry <laughs> on the way I'm showing, presenting the, this aspect of, uh, of tourism. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the film. Good luck. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks again to Sophia. This has been Locarno Meets, a podcast from Locarno Film Festival brought to you by UBS. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods. This has been a true anti-classic production hosted by me, Alexander Miller, and produced by Jack Foswell.